you know, things seem to change very quickly for me. A couple of weeks ago, we were actually hearing about the possibility of a soft landing, slowing down the economy without putting us into a recession. And it seemed to be coincidental with the chairman of the Fed making making a speech. But really, over the last week or so, now the sentiment seems to have gone completely the other way. And it looks like we're slam dunk headed into a recession. Bill Adams is chief economist for Comerica Bank. They usually he just published a piece that says, "Well, correct me, Bill. Eighty percent chance that we're going into a recession, or we may be in one right now." Looks like a recession, unfortunately, is more likely than not uh, after the turn of the year. Uh, the U.S. economy is facing big headwinds from a big jump in interest rates, the end of stimulus programs, uh, the the rising cost of living, and inflation. Uh, and weak markets overseas that are tough on our exports. Yeah, these are all things that we've been seeing, and I thought maybe we were dealing with. So let me take it one at a time. We haven't been through a recession in a long time. We used to have recessions all the time. Is is that, it, that there's a recession now? Depressions are really bad, but recessions we can live with these, right? Well, the old joke is that uh, a recession's when your neighbor loses their job, and then a depression's when you lose your job. So um, I, I think. What we're likely to see over the next six to 12 months uh, is a period when uh, the labor market shifts from being really a it's really been a job seekers market since the pandemic struck with the labor shortages. Uh, And I think with the cooler economy, we're going to see uh, an economy where it's harder for people who have lost jobs to to immediately find new jobs on the one hand. But for businesses and for employers, it's going to be easier to retain workers and have some continuity there and also easier to deliver services to consumers that people have have been gotten used to the frustrating weights and 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 uh, and reductions in service levels that we've had over the last few two years. You know, it's really unusual looking at the economy because you mentioned the housing. I mean, the uh, the employment situation is so strong. Everybody who wants a job has got one. If you get laid off, you find a new job. Then we had the building numbers come out the other day. My goodness, building permits, how the pipeline's filling up. I think we're down 22 percent, something like that. I mean, this thing and, and uh, the sentiment on the part of home builders has been down for 11 straight months. I mean, they are in a recession. That's that's what the Fed wanted, right? That's precisely right. We've seen a huge drop in anything housing related since the peaks in April. Starting to see housing prices coming down. A uh, big drop in new homes going under construction. A big drop in housing sales. We still have a really big pipeline of homes that are under construction. So that means more supply coming to the market, both of single family and then especially of multifamily homes next year. So that's going to be another downward pressure on prices, which, uh, you know, silver lining of a softer economy. People who are looking to rent an apartment are going to find more deals next year in what has been a, a very difficult market for, for renters in 2021 and 2022. So how does this work? Does every segment of the economy have to tank? So you've got so the housing market's headed that way. We've seen energy prices, which were a big component of inflation, and they've certainly, I mean, my gas, gasoline prices are lower than they were a year ago. That's all come down. It looks like food has moderated a little bit. The only hot area, really, is still employment. Does that have to come down? I, I think what we're likely to see over uh, the near term is that the, the pockets of weakness that we've had so far in housing, uh, in uh, think of those formerly essential retailers like the big box stores, grocery stores, et cetera. Uh, they've had some correction back to their, their pre-pandemic trend. 
Um, and e-commerce, another part of the economy that was on fire during the, the stay-at-home months, has, has also had um, its own mini reckoning over the last couple of months. I think that's going to spread to other parts of the economy as well that uh, have been pretty solid uh, in 2022. And so we're just going to see an overall more moderate pace of growth, uh, especially with business capital spending and business uh, purchases of inventories. And so that's going to just mean a, a, an overall kind of cooler dynamic across the economy, um, slower hiring, uh, meaning that, um, you know, the, the kind of uh, uh, poaching of employees from other, uh, other workplaces, causing high turnover, that's going to moderate. Um, and so just a, a, an overall cooler economy, uh, you know, that I, in terms of the level of sales and hiring and activity, I think it's headed a bit lower. But since the economy is arguably still somewhat overheated right now, I think that will put us in a place where the economy feels a bit more normal, hopefully, but, uh, by the end of 2023. Can't, can't this be a self-fulfilling prophecy, though? Like I say, I, you know, I saw a CNBC survey the other day, and they had, I don't know, I think it was 56% of millionaires all thought that we were predicting that the that the S&P was going to have a double-digit loss next year. And so, you know, these are all, I mean, these are CEOs. They're going to pull in their horns. They're going to cut back hiring preemptively, you would think. And, and all of a sudden, whether it was going to happen or not, everybody thinks it's going to happen. It, it happens. Uh, sentiment definitely plays a role in whether we enter a recession or not. But the other kind of real factors entering into it are that household finances are strapped right now. The saving rate in the last couple of months has been near the lowest on record. Uh, interest rates have surged. And so factoring in the household incomes and interest rates and housing prices, uh, affordability for home buyers is historically bad. And that's going to be a big drag on that part of the economy. Uh, and um, high interest rates also mean that it's more expensive for businesses to finance expansions and buying new factories, buying new floor plans. Uh, and uh, that's going to slow the overall pace of growth on, on the business side. So all of that adds up. Um, you know, I don't think that we're headed towards necessarily a really bad pullback in the economy. And I think the unemployment rate, even if it moves up, it's probably going to be much lower than it was uh, in the, the depths of the kind of early 2010s. But um, I, I think we're going, we're not going to be in this type of extremely tight uh, uh, economy and labor market where there are these pervasive shortages that we're, we've been dealing with over the last two years. You know, one of the one of the economic aspects that we've been told to really avoid is, is stagflation, a stagnant economy with inflation. It looks like maybe with these inflationary pressures abating, we could avoid that. I feel like the economy's GPA is um, going to be, uh, you know, on the, the growth side of the grades is going to be weaker uh, a year from today. But on most of the inflation grades, we're going to be doing better. Uh, as you said, energy prices are down. Uh, the cost of durable consumer goods are starting to come down. Higher inventories of, uh, of um, household appliances and so forth. We're seeing sales coming back in that part of the economy. Uh, new and used car prices are seeing slower increases on the new car side. Used car prices are coming down. So that helps with inflation. Housing, as we mentioned, you know, does not look like it's going to see big house price increases over the next year. On the contrary, probably lower. Um, the one area of inflation that I still am concerned about is uh, labor scarcity and what that means for labor intensive services, 
like food service or uh, home health care services or, um, or, or or other, you know, uh, retail, uh, retailing costs. I think that's still going to be somewhat inflationary through the first half of this year. But if the job market is does continue to soften, I think that could change. You know, uh, one thing that um, I'd like to kind of take people down into the weeds of what I do day to day for a moment. Um, one of the most uh, useful economic uh, data points that we get about what's happening with the economy week to week is the weekly report on unemployment claims, jobless claims, right. people filing for unemployment insurance. And the number of people who are filing continued claims for unemployment insurance as folks who've lost their job and uh, filed a claim and then for one or more weeks after that have continued to file claims, they haven't found another job, uh, that is up by over a third of a million from its trough in May of this year, which is almost a 30% increase. You very rarely see that rate of increase outside of a recession. So while the labor market is still uh, tight right now, directionally, we have seen already a big shift. And I think we'll start to notice that in other more broad economic uh, measures of the economy's health over the next few months. Now, you, you cover the areas for Comerica, so you, you have particular interest in, obviously, Texas, Florida, California, Arizona, through the Sun Belt, and also in, in Michigan. Mm-hmm. But I know you have a, a, a view of the entire U.S. So are, is everybody going to feel this equally? I mean, we're still... We've been told, you know, we've been conditioned in Texas that we're going to dodge the bullet, that we're, we are the exception. Will we continue to be the exception? I'm expecting Texas's economy to do better than the national economy over the next year, but we're not immune from national trends. So I think Texas is going to see a slowdown. Uh, I think the unemployment rate here in Texas is probably going to move up by a few tenths of a percent over the next year. And I think the softness that we've seen in Texas's housing market uh, is going to continue. Uh, some of that is just high interest rates are bad for housing. Some of that is people in California and in the uh, in New England who've been selling those high-priced homes coming to Texas and bidding up the cost of housing here. Well, if they can't sell their homes back where they are coming from, they, they're not bringing that equity to Texas to, to uh, fuel new home sales here. And so the weakness of their housing market is going to spill over to what we have here in our state. Even so, I think Texas is going to see a year of growth in 2023, just not as fast as we're used to. We'll take it. Uh, Cooling off a little bit sometimes can be a good thing. Bill Adams is the chief economist for Comerica Bank. We always enjoy enjoy our visits. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays. Thanks. And to you. For more of our conversation, go to krld.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.